if you're innovating, creating, or making a difference. This show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee. I'm Dot Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do. I made a very quick order of all the savings that I had, and voila, a Samsung Gear VR came to Nairobi. Some African schools literally don't have roofs. They don't have desks. So you can imagine then me bringing a VR device in a roofless classroom. That's what I want people to take away with them. Our genuine, direct, one-on-one stories. They take it into their lives and they say, I know Africa. Paul Simon Wayaki is using virtual reality to create a better world. Wayaki, as he prefers to be called, is the CEO and founder of Africa VR Campus and Center and is based in Nairobi, Kenya. He's the first African in the metaverse. And since 2016, he and his nonprofit have been using immersive technology for social good, both by providing resources and learning opportunities through VR and by hosting events in virtual space in which Africans can share the stories and cultures of their continent. Wayaki, before we get to talking about the Africa VR Campus and Center, looking at your LinkedIn, I'm talking to a teacher, an innovator, and a giver. What do you remember very best about your growing up years that inspired you to become the person you are today? First of all, as you can realize, I've come in with my full elder degree because I'm a community leader in the Kikuyu community. I am a member of the Kikuyu Council of Elders. So in regards to even talking about technology, we are we are we are also so in touch with our heritage because we want to we want this to collaborate with all this technology that the world is introducing us to. But you know, I grew up in a small village called Kabete. And in my early years, there was no electricity, there was no mobile phones, there was nothing, there was no technology. The technology that was only available is you make little toys out of the twigs from the trees that are you know, in the neighborhood. That was the only technology. And once in a while, we, we would see an airplane fly by and that usually all the children of the village would come out to see this, these airplanes as I zoomed past. And so, for suffice to say that when I grew up, I really wanted a piece of what the Western world was enjoying. And, you know, as I grew older, I started you know, going through the technology that is available. And one particular one that caught my eye and my attention is VR. And what do you remember best about your first VR experience? Now, actually, I saw VR on a program called BBC, Click. The program was called Click on BBC. And the presenter was testing out that VR device. And I thought, wow, my lost boyhood dream was always to be an astronaut. And this VR seemed as if it can immerse me in space. And so I made a very quick order of all the savings that I had. And voila, a Samsung Gear VR came to Nairobi. I had a Galaxy Note 4. I plugged it in and I immersed my head in it. Of course, there was a little, you know, how do you use this gadget? But, you know, I got my footing and I, the first experience was going to space. And my mind was blown. My mind also awakened 
from my slumber that it has been for a long time because I thought I was a god looking at the universe that way in a way that I've never seen. Wow. How from there did you decide, okay, now I have to use this for social good and create your Africa VR campus and center? In that same year, 2016, first of all, before that, I was a teacher using technology in schools. But the only technology available to us was a television, 2D, you know, watching, you know, videos on YouTube. And I thought if I use this device for, you know, to integrate it with the sciences that the kids are learning. And I don't know who is listening to me or the world outside there, but some African schools literally don't have roofs. They don't have desks. So you can imagine then me bringing a VR device in a roofless classroom so that the students there can look at biological plant and animal cells. These are things that they have never seen, but the teacher keeps scribbling very intricate diagrams on the blackboard. So both of the teacher and the students must be very creative and imaginative as to how a cell looks like. But right now with a VR device, I am immersing them and they find themselves surrounded by mitochondria, by nucleus, by chromosome. Their minds blows. <laughs> and that is when I thought the African child dot needs this too. The African child needs this too. And since no one else is doing it, why not me? <laughs> and from why not me, what were the next steps to make this a reality? Of course. And there is some, some ties there that actually, you know, other than looking at YouTube VR, I stumbled on what we can call social VR. I did not know that this machine can actually plug me in a room with other people from across the world. And so one time I was just scrolling through, scrolling through, and I found this app called VTime, and I installed it, registered it, entered a room. It had four people in it. And actually, I didn't know that they were real people. I thought they were just cartoons, you know, in a, it's another 360 video. And I remember one of them looked at me, you know, and I realized, wow, this is, this cartoon leader is looking at me and he asked me, what's your name? Don't forget, I didn't realize that I'm also looking like a cartoon to them. I just thought this is just a video that I made. And he asked me, so what's your name? And I was like, wow, this cartoon is really, really tech. It looks at me like a robot. So I answered in a robotic voice. My name is Paul Simon Wayaki. I am from Africa. <laughs> because I thought it was just a joke. The guy asked me, wow, you talk really funny. And it took me for a minute to realize, wow, these are people. Are you a real person? Yes, I am. Are you? I said, yes, I am. I'm in Africa. The whole room went crazy. And I earned my title, the first African in the Miraverse, back in 2016. And from there, it was All Space VR, where I met people who really, really supported me, supported what I was doing back here in Africa. They started sending me headsets. You know, they started sending me funding to fuel my car and, and to do all these things that I was doing, you know. And I realized, wow, this is a good thing. This is a good cause. <laughs> and from there, I think we should also mention that on Thursdays, you do something yes. special in Engage VR. Oh, yes, we do. But in 2019, George Floyd died or was murdered. And as an African in the Miraverse, I realized, well, not so many people are talking about this. And that is when the bar bleed. Why not make my own Meravas event? 
and how people come to my event and let's talk about the issues that involves Africa and Africans. So I made an event called George Floyd's Murder, an African Perspective. And a lot of people came in. I had like over 80 people come in a room. And I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting five or six people. I wasn't expecting like 80 people coming in a room. And of course, the dialogues we had that day, some of them made me have networks till this day. And that is why every Thursday, that event still continues. Even when Aspace VR was shut down, we moved to Engage XR. And it is the right time to find the audience that if they want to meet us, come to Engage XR. And the reason why we use it is actually because in Africa, there are no many headsets. So we must find a platform that has, you know, that is cross compatible with mobile, with PC. And that's why we use Engage XR. So every Thursday, Engage XR, and they can come on with a desktop, which is great for anybody who also gets VR sickness, because there are those of us that have that, just like, ooh, after 20 minutes. <laughs> you share some pretty exciting stories every Thursday and on your blog, and I just wish you'd share one with me. What is it that people don't really know about African culture that you would love them to know in the metaverse? One thing I am very the reason why I'm so ambitious in bringing these stories, these tales from Africa in the metaverse, is because every time I watch CNN, there's a guy in London talking about Africa. And I'm always asking myself, hey, I'm here. Why can't I talk about Africa? And that's one of the other things that we made this event, because I want to challenge Fox News and CNN. Let Africa speak for itself. We don't want you all speaking for Africa. We are here. We have the technology. Let us speak for ourselves. And so we bring in the music. We bring stories of culture, history. You know, we remove the double speak and let Africans talk about their own continent, their own people, their own communities, their dreams, their visions, their aspirations. We have the space to speak to the world. And what this event does is to give us a digital megaphone to reach out into the world. What are some of the values you really want people to take away from you from what you're doing in Engage VR from Africa? Well, everybody who is coming to our event, and we are, we are talking about even the youth whom we are training, they all have stories. Dot, I'm sure the reason why you have this podcast is for storytelling. And that's what we want to do. We want people who are coming in to take away our stories into their lives and they say, I know something about Africa that I didn't read in a magazine, that I didn't watch on a documentary. One of the people who come to our event, our oldest fan, is a guy called Edward, and he's a septuagenarian from Canada. And one of the time I challenged Edward, and I asked him, well, Edward, you have been coming here for many times. Why don't you sing for us a favorite Canadian song? He said, I don't think I have a favorite song. And I said, well... Why don't I dedicate one to you? And I sang for him a song called Maraika by Miriam Makeba. And from that time, Edward hums the song Malaika when he is somewhere in Montreal, Canada. And he tells people, I have a favorite song, by the way, Malaika. That's what I want people to take away with them. Our genuine, direct, one-on-one -on -one stories. They take it into their lives and they say, I know Africa. I'm hearing a lot of beauty and a lot of richness of the culture is what you're sharing. We've barely said a word yet about the educational impact and the social impact programs that you're doing in Africa VR Campus and Center. Would you tell me about the ones in the network, please? 
well, we have so many, I don't know which one to start, but maybe let me start with the one that you know. We came up with a project back in 2022. I was approached by a company which was, you know, pushing the metaverse for SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals, and they didn't have anyone to work for them in Africa to bring the Africans into that space. And so I was thrust in there. And with that, we brought over 200 Africans. They registered for that particular event and competition, and they brought their business ideas. You know, we taught them, trained them for free, by the way, to use virtual reality and to showcase what their skills are and to showcase what their projects are, their programs. And that kind of showed us we can actually have a permanent side class and let us filter through some of these students and teach them permanently about the use of VR. And some of these are very young girls who happen to be in high schools and post-high school age, and they have learned VR so much taught that last year they challenged girls from your country, from the West, in the metaverse. They did a business presentation and they scooped a Best Social Impact Award. And that to me was a moment of pride. Behold my protégés winning across the world. That is marvelous. What was their business concept? What did they do? The business concept was actually reusable sanitary pads. You know, some of them, we call them, you know, menstrual poverty. Girls in Africa don't have sometimes monies to purchase, you know, the commercially made sanitary pads. Some of these, they came up with a solution for that, to make reusable pads, pads that they can wash and reuse so that they don't have to shy off because this issue has made them even to be, you know, used by people who are, you know, you know, sexual perverts and, and what have you. And they also did reusable diapers for babies, for the early mothers, you know, who give birth that they don't have money to buy nappies or diapers for their children. And so this was their business proposal. And the competition was against girls from across the world. And we were the only African team. And voila! Wow. Victory. Congratulations to them. That's marvelous. Tell me about the programs that are going on right now with the African girl. I'm especially drawn to the educational programs for women and girls because you shocked me with your writing on Medium about just how scarce are resources. What specifically are you excited about that's going on right this minute? You know, a few weeks ago, we gave our girls, just to see how much they have learned, we gave them a challenge and we told them, I want you guys to compete. The first one to schedule a Metaverse event and be able to go in and bring in some 360 assets. Let's say the timer there. And the first girl did it in 12 minutes, Dot. What? <laughs> in 12 minutes, they were in the Metaverse waiting for the world to come to them. And that to me is the number one you know, project that we are, that if you ask me what I'm really looking forward to that, it is these girls. One day they will cross paths with you in the metaverse and they'll tell you I'm an alumnus of Africa VR Campus and Center. I'm able now to, you know, to have a megaphone, to tell the world about the projects. Remember, we are not just teaching them about VR. We are also showing them that VR is actually a platform to bring what you are doing in the community. You know, if you are doing a climate action, if you are doing, you know, no poverty projects, if you are doing children's care, this is a platform to bring what you're doing, you know, 
in there and then you can talk about it and show the world about it. And people can go out there and bring people who are aligned with what you are doing. And then you can walk together, you know, toward the sunset, happily ever after. And I think that was, that is the number one project, stroke program that I'm really serious with. And so that's why our number one activity is to do VR, XR, AR, you know, outreaches so that we can reach the remote villages and show them this. Wayaki said he especially wanted to thank the people who have shown Africa VR Campus and Center a lot of love and support, like Seattle-based VR visionary Tom Nickel, who's now an associate director. Tom is actually an instructional you know, technology educator. He teaches people using technology, and he is somewhere in a little island off Seattle, Orcas Island. And Tom and I met in 2019, and Tom hosts Death Q&A, and Death Q&A you know, talk about grief, you know, in VR, we are not just talking about technology. We are bringing in people to share what goes on in their lives. I met him back in 2019 when he was hosting Neighborhood News. And, you know, he is in this organization called TRIP, which also does meditation, you know, for people that can come in VR and relax. Claire Morimate lost her husband last year, but one, she came to actually that event to talk about what she was going through as a wife caregiver to her husband who is terminally ill. And from that time, we became friends. We call each other every morning, every evening. You know, same with all those people who show us love. And I have worked with Claire all her life since. I have worked with her when her husband died. You know, we were, we were standing by to watch the funeral live. And all these people, guess what, Dot? They are coming to Africa. They are had enough of watching me in the metaverse and watching me on Zoom. They are going to hop on their planes and they will be here in the next few months. Who knows where this will go? <laughs> wow, that's fantastic. What's on your radar for the future as far as reaching remote villages? Where haven't you been that you'd really like to introduce to VR, AR, and XR? You know, basically, some of the stories that you have written actually in uh, my medium, they would shock you because when we talk about this VR, it knows that. It's not usually readily accepted. Not every African is willing to put this weird-looking machine to his head and to his eyes. <laughs> so the reason why we want to take it to the remote villages is because I don't know what stories that those people can tell us, right? They also have stories that they can give the world. And there is no other platform. I always say that if somebody made a Facebook Live video, only the friends who are in Facebook will be able to view it. If they made a YouTube video. Only friends who are on YouTube will be able to see it. But if they make an event in VR and talk about it, there are no geographical fences because anyone can plug in from wherever and they can give them that story directly. And so in that side of the remote areas, which by the way, I like, I don't like going to the shiny workshops in the middle of the cities. I like going deep in the remote. In fact, our VR devices are very dirty. I'm sure Dot will not wear this VR headset. It's very dirty because it's been worn by farmers, by shepherds, by women cooking in smoky kitchens. Those are the people who sometimes look into our VR headsets. And so we have shied away from the urban areas because we want to bring grassroots Africa in like a bottom-up policy. You know, start from the grassroots going up. 
it occurs to me to wonder, all too many educators are working with far fewer resources than they should have. What are your favorite resources for getting people that don't necessarily have a whole lot introduced to virtual reality? The number one thing that Charlie Joe with using the VR headset is bandwidth, internet, connectivity. But fortunately, we have got guys like Tom Nico who came through and they said, oh, I can help with that. And they, we are actually right now waiting for a Starlink satellite <laughs> so that I can go anywhere in Africa. And so the biggest challenges, yes, have been the resources. The number one has been connectivity, internet. And it seems as if in a few days, we'll be able to conquer that challenge. Of course, we would need more headsets. We have got people who actually give us you know, buy us lunch. They tell her to, today when the girls come, lunch is on me. Make sure you they are well fed. You know, we have got people who say, what are the girls taking back to their homes? And they come there and they give them a little stipend. You know, this end Christmas, the girls were able to buy dinner for their families and buy some new clothes. And, you know, the neighborhood is pulsating with effects coming from the Maravas. They are able to take this home and they tell their mother, hey, I have $20 in my pocket. I got it from the metaverse. <laughs> wow. What if someone listening really wants to support you and you've said you really need more headsets? It sounds like you could use funds as well. And not just that, Dot. I want you come speak to the girls. I want the educators who are in the US. It's not always about funding, you know, buying this or that. Why am I here now? There is somebody who... I met and inspired me to be where I am today. So mentorship is also key. If you have nothing to give except speaking to the girls, that is very valuable to us, you know, educators. And by the way, I should mention this, that we have also been used by institutions in the West to showcase VR to their students. That means that I, sometimes I earn a little bit of contract to help some students somewhere in London, somewhere in New York to learn about VR and I earn a little bit of something. So we don't mind those little gigs, those little contracts, because of course there is nothing good like working for what you can gain. And that is what we are for. It's not just about VR. Even as a woman, if there is something you can come and speak to our girls and inspire them and show them that this is how the world works, you know, Bring the girls those scholarships. Bring them those, you know, educational tools. Even a laptop. There are people who give us laptops, not necessarily VR headset. And these girls can learn how to email, you know, professional, generating IAI. And all of that in one basket for the people who are filled with empathy for us. How would a prospective speaker or mentor reach out to you if they can come speak to the girls? Well, we want to challenge the world to actually adopt the metaverse because there is one thing about if we do a Zoom with the girls, it's also very nice, by the way. There are people who also do Zooms with the girls. But if you want to meet them, you just go to our website. We have our website, www.africavr.org. There is a contact tab there. You can press it and actually tell us how you want to collaborate with us and how you want to work with us. And the signature question for my podcast if people could only get one thing from you about innovation, creativity, and making a difference, what would you really like them to take away from the work that you're doing right now? I want, to, when I'm an old man, you know, smoking a cigar and, and sipping some traditional ale, I want to go out knowing that we impacted the children of this continent, that we lifted them up, 
we lifted them up intellectually. We showed them, you know, we exposed them to the society out there and we brought the world to them. And we also brought them to the world. I think that will be the number one thing that I take away from the work that we do. Mayaki, thank you for your time today. Thank you so much, Dot, even for reserving a seat for us. You and I have been listening to Paul Simon Wayaki, the first African in the metaverse and founder and CEO of nonprofit Africa VR Campus and Center. Wayaki would like to invite you to come hear the stories and experience the cultures of Africa every Thursday morning at 11 o'clock Pacific in Engage VR. In addition, you're invited to the next XR Girls Africa meeting, which is going to be happening Wednesday, February 28th at 6 a.m. Pacific in Engage. And find out more about the work of Africa VR Campus and Center, both on their website, africavr.org, again, africavr.org, and on their YouTube channel. Look for Africa VR Campus and Center. It should come right up. And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening. Listen to more Over Coffee podcasts at twomavericks.com. That's two, T-W-O, Mavericks, M-A-V-E-R-I-X. Be sure you subscribe. It's free by clicking the link on our website. Our music is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at Pond5.com. I'm Dot Cannon. Here's wishing you a cappuccino day.